Football fans far and wide, from Austin to Athens, welcome to the Football v. Football podcast. This is the EPL Game Week 24 recap show. want to remind you before we jump in, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, give us a like, subscribe, comment. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, subscribe, give a rating, be much appreciated. But we'll jump right in to the action here, the first game of the week, Arsenal. The Gunners taking down Austin Villa. 4-2, Ollie Watkins. And this one scores immediately five minutes into the game. This guy just has a great knack for shooting across the goal with a ton of power. I mean, if a goalie sees him coming in on one side or the other, usually it's on the left side. He just hits it with a ton of power. It goes into the other side of the goal. For Arsenal, Zinchenko. This guy was possessed this game. He generally just kind of looks like a very angry type of player, even when he was messing around with a lot of his old man uh, Manchester City uh, friends in, in that matchup. He just looks angry, and he kind of, I don't know if he's joking or something, but he just he always seems angry. And he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and it just, it just seems like he feels like he has a lot to prove, and... I have to say, in this one, he had an amazing game. There was uh, that goal of his, that was an absolute screamer on goal. And it was the best goal of the game, and he had another quality strike on goal. And I have to say, Manchester City really misses him and Cancelo and a lot of the attacking defenders that um, they've let go of. And um, But it's the benefit of Zinchenko, and... You know, uh, the second goal for Austin Villa here, uh, Coutinho's goal, to me that was all about the the Buendia dummy that he, you know, just kind of showed incredible unselfishness there. He definitely could have stopped the ball, taken a shot on goal. But to set up Coutinho with that goal, to, to bring it to 2-1, to one, tremendous play there. And I have to admit... The Arsenal goals after that, three of them came after, not that impressive to me. Other than the Zinchenko goal, I think that they were fairly easy. I mean, the, you know, I think they were mostly based on Austin Villa mistakes. The the first one, Saka, while that was a quality strike, it fell right to him after the Tyrone Mings header. And... For the second one, Emi Martinez had an own goal, came out right off of his head, which was funny to see since he's so full of himself. And the final goal, that was just Emi Martinez coming up trying to tie the game. It was 3-2. He came all the way on a on a set piece on a corner, I believe, and left the goal wide open. And, um, you know, uh, Gabriel Martinelli via a pass from Fabio uh, Vieira. Uh, it was just an open goal. So that's how the next three goals came. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't let the final score fool you on this game. This was a very close game. Aston Villa had many, many quality chances on target and were ahead at multiple points in this game up until the 60th minute. And, you know, it wasn't until the 93rd minute that the deadlock was, was broken. It was 2-2 in this game until the 93rd minute. Arsenal, you know, started this game 
giving it straight to um, Ramsdale. I'm not sure if that is something they've been doing. Maybe I haven't noticed it. But to uh, get the goalie involved just right at the beginning of the game, I don't know what that was about. Um, it seems kind of odd. Maybe he just feels like he needs to get a feel for the ball early. But it seems kind of risky because if the other team is you know running right off of the uh, the kickoff, it can um, it can leave the goal open. Uh, Tom Hanks was in attendance in this one, dressed like everyone, you know, um, in the crowd essentially with those muted, you know, black and dark colored, uh, jackets. He fit right in. And, um, yeah, I mean, just overall looking at this game, <clears throat> Arsenal, for some reason, even though the results say otherwise, they're just not that impressive to me. I'm not a fan of the rotations. In midfield that Arteta chooses to to play, I don't I don't think he gives Fabio Vieira nearly enough playing time. I think he's much more deserving of more playing time, and he's just not getting it. And I think they will you know eventually lose their top spot. Um, maybe they'll prove me wrong. I just I think they've been overperforming for most of the year. I think Manchester City's a better team. I think um, Tottenham and Liverpool have the potential to be better teams. But, like I said, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe Arteta will start to play Fabio uh, Vieira more. Maybe his rotations will start to impress me more. But I don't believe in Arsenal. I'm just going to say that from now. But we'll go on to the next match here. Brentford and Crystal Palace tied 1-1. David Raya. A tremendously underrated goalie, this guy. He had so many saves in this game. He's had them all season. He's, and I'll get to the other Spanish goalie a little bit later in the show, but I think he is the best Spanish goalie in the world right now, to be honest with you. Elise for Crystal Palace. <clears throat> Very talented player. Assisted the only goal of this game for Crystal Palace. I just wish he played with more passion. And we make that joke in one of our um, our group chats. Uh, Milad, shout out. This guy doesn't play with passion. Even, you know, there was a goal earlier this year where he scored it. And then in the post-game interview, he basically had nothing to say. He said, it's my job. It's my job to score. And he had no absolutely no passion for the game. And the same thing when he scored a free kick goal. To win, I think, a game, maybe one or two games later. Just no celebration at all. You need to be more excited than that just for the morale of your team and your fans. They want to see you excited. They want to see the passion. They want to see the energy. And it is becoming a thing <clears throat> in terms of sentiment towards Olise. I, I find myself reluctant to pick him up in FPL. I don't know what the fans think about him. It just... It's not something you that that really ingratiates you to uh, to a team and and and, and fans and, and overall. Maybe he doesn't care, but anyway, very talented player. Um, the defender on uh, Crystal Palace, Anderson. There's another point in this game where he got pissed at uh, Ivan Tony for faking a dive um, in the box and trying to draw a, a card essentially. And try, trying to draw a penalty. Anderson 
you know, once Tony got up, he was yelling at him and mocking him. And he tried to solicit a yellow card for Ivan Tony. And, you know, when I saw this, I thought more defenders should do stuff like this. Whenever an offensive player fakes a dive like that, especially in the box, they should be very upset because that is costing their team a goal, you know, a, a penalty, which is usually a goal. And not only that, but the defender themselves, they're not doing anything and they might get carded, yellow or red. So I think more defenders should do this. If they find that an attacking player is diving, get upset. And motion to the ref to give them a yellow card and say that they're diving. So we can take this diving out of the game. I mean, whatever it takes to do it. This game was 1-0 for 95 minutes of this game. Crystal Palace was up. 96th minute of the game, the last minute of the game. Brentford, their tying goal, showed a ton of heart. And what a beauty this was. An amazing cross by Embuemo who had done pretty much nothing all game. And an amazing header by Vitaly Janelts. The crowd went crazy. It was an incredible, incredible goal. And Brentford has shown a lot of heart this year. I think I'm pretty sure they're uh, uh, near the top of the, the, the table. I believe they're top eight at this point. Incredible, incredible team. What Brentford has done, I think they were just promoted maybe a year or two ago. Very impressive team. And Crystal Palace, they always seem to miss out on these points. Crystal Palace games always seem to end in a tie or they just they can't get over the hump even though they have very kind of solid talent. We'll move on now to the next game. Fulham beating Brighton 1-0. Just off the top here. I have to say Mitrovic... Being a surprise scratch in this game announced right before the game started. This is an overall, you know, really bad job that the EPL does at indicating injuries. There's no indication at any point during the week. And listen, I don't gamble. But whoever does, I think should be pissed at the EPL. And I'm pissed just as somebody that plays fantasy EPL. That... Um, you just don't know. You don't know when a player has an injury. They don't indicate at any point. I mean, I think that there should be beat reporters at practice seeing who's practicing, who's not, and reporting this kind of stuff. I don't know why that doesn't exist in EPL. It exists in, I think, all of the uh, major American sports. Uh, but I think it's something that needs to be corrected, to be honest with you. It's just um, for the observer, if they're going to embrace fantasy and and you know whatever aspects of of the sport um to not reveal an injury until right before the game i think that needs to change on the brighton side when we're talking about the actual game is stupid this guy is the, a, a defender but you could have fooled me this guy is an incredible attacking player he has incredible feet and evasive uh moves and He's a very, very valuable player, a stupid young for Brighton. Um, Soli March was incredibly, incredibly active in this game on offense. And he's been so all season. And this has come out of nowhere. Soli March, I've known him for a few seasons at Brighton. 
has not been this player that he currently is now. He scored a goal in this game that was taken away by offsides. And there was another goal later that was taken away by offsides for Brighton. So they had a couple goals very easily could have been <coughs> very easily could have been a different result in this game. But, you know, the star of the match and probably the best goalie in the league plays for Fulham. Yeah, that's right. His name is Burned Leno, the former Arsenal goalie. So many saves in this game, an incredible player, and he's been an incredible player all year. Um, they're very lucky to have him. And I think that the reason why, I think Brentford and, and Fulham are uh, near each other. Maybe they're like 7th and 8th, I think, in the table at this point. Big, big reason is their goalie, Burn Leno. And this game was tied, nil-nil, until the 88th minute when Fulham finally broke the deadlock and won this game. And, of course, to me, I'm going to say it again, I think it's because of Leno keeping out all those shots. And Brighton had a ton of shots. They were peppering him with, with shots all game. Um, you know, Brighton, I think, you know, solely March... Amazing player. I think Pascal Gross, amazing player. Them giving up Trossard, not a great move. You know, Graham Potter left maybe for the better, as we're going to see um, in this next game we're going to talk about here. They just don't seem to have enough. I think this team has incredible, incredible potential, as they showed earlier in the year. Um, this is a team that also lost Cucurello. They have incredible potential, and they play so hard, but... They're, they're missing, like, a couple pieces. They're missing a couple pieces from being able to actually be, like, a really, really great team. And I hope they get it because they're, they're they're very fun to watch, um, as is Fulham. So this was a great game. Really enjoyed this one. But we'll move on now to the shocker of the week. And, and there were a few shockers, but this was the shocker of all shockers. Southampton beating Chelsea 1-0. To nil. Absolutely shocking result here. Losing, Chelsea losing to the worst team in the league. And Graham Potter showing he's way in over his head as Chelsea manager. He doesn't know how to properly rotate the talent he's given. I could have told you that earlier when he started to misuse one guy he should, the, the one guy he should have known how to use, which is Kukurea. That's his one holdover from Brighton. Didn't know how to use him. Would sub him off after like 25 minutes. I mean, you're going to start your defender, your one of your best players from Brighton, not know how to use him, put him in midfield, try to put him back in defense, take him out at different increments of, uh, of the game. Just really, really embarrassing stuff. And that translated into... Many other, I mean, they, they, they've gotten a ton of guys, you know, Joe Felix and, and, and Mudrick and, and all these other guys, and he has no idea how to integrate these guys to not score a single goal. Um, you know, Chelsea, they just couldn't finish. They missed so many chances in this game. And, you know, many of them weren't even accurate, hitting the side of the net. Um, but on the other side, Southampton, as bad as they are, James ward Prouse, his free kick goal, an absolute thing of beauty. This guy is 
in my estimation, a Prem League Hall of Famer. The only player on his team that has top quality. I can't say enough good things about James Ward-Prowse, to be honest with you. I mean, Southampton should retire his number and give him the biggest of ceremonies whenever he decides to leave. And as bad as Southampton has been all year, as bad as their defense particularly has been all year, they had a masterful day today. I have to give them, I just have to give them full credit on this day. They blocked everything. They blocked everything. They sacrificed their bodies, put their bodies on the line to even do the goalie's job. I mean, they were lined up on the line of the goal, blocking everything. I mean, it's, it's a it's a wonder that they didn't get some sort of uh, some sort of um, handball in this game. But kudos to them, Southampton defense in this game. You deserve full credit, absolutely full credit. And you know some of the chances that Southampton missed. You know Mara on Southampton blew a tremendous chance. This could have easily been a two two nil game. But story of this game. Chelsea continues to disappoint. I fear Potter might lose his job after I've only been there for, I don't know, what was it? It would have been maybe less than half of a season. And But, but you know, on the other side, Southampton, James Ward-Prowse, they get a much-deserved win in this one. And, you know, they're trying to stave off relegation here. And uh, this is this is one good step, one good step in that direction. Next up, we have Everton beating Leeds United one to nil. I don't know why Malpay started this game. He's absolutely dreadful. I don't know why he's still in the Premier League. Nothing personal, man. It's just this guy is not a proper forward in the Premier League anymore. He just doesn't have it anymore. On Leeds. Uh, one of their new boys, uh, Natoto or Nato. This guy is a great, great shifty player. He is very impressive to watch. He's very evasive. Really, really good player. He stood out to me in this game. Tarkowski, the Evertonian defender. Every game has a chance at a header at goal off a set piece. I don't know how he does it every single game. He's able to find some of the the uh, the open spaces and, and get a header in. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. Usually it's very close, though, even if he doesn't get it in. <clears throat> but this game was decided on another effort, Everton defender. Their captain, Coleman, who tricked the Leeds goalie, Melier, from an awkward angle with a beautiful goal. Melier, of course, thinking that that ball was coming in as a as a cross, and it just so happened to so you know Melier is starting to 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 inch up on his um, on his box, thinking it's going to come in, trying to, to 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 parry it away on a set piece or on a cross. And Coleman's eyes lit up, found that the angle between Melier inching up and the goal was wide enough. Screamer into the goal. What a goal by this guy! What a moment for Coleman. I don't remember the last time this guy had this big a moment, but kudos to Coleman. And Everton get a much-needed win here. You know, this is a team that just 
let um, Anthony Gordon go to Newcastle, a team that's really struggling, um, a team that, again, uh, recently fired their manager, and it's a little questionable how they've been using their players. I don't think they played Damari Gray much anymore. Uh, I think he, he should be played a lot more than he is. I think he's a very talented player, but they don't give him much run anymore. Uh, we'll see what happens to Everton. Uh, they really, really needed this game. I don't know that they are out of the relegation zone. I think they do have talent, but they just need a manager that knows how to to use it. Um, big win. Big, big win for Everton. And big loss for Leeds, who are also struggling to, to stay alive in, in the Premier League. We'll see what these new coaches of both of these teams do from here on out. Moving on to another fairly surprising result, at least for one side. Manchester City and Nottingham Forest tied at one all. Like I mentioned, a shocking result here, I believe. Um, but I do believe that Nottingham Forest's acquisitions in the transfer window show that they're serious about staying in the Premier League. REA, John Joe Shelby, Chris Wood, and Navas. You know, Navas, for one, was tremendous, and he's shown world-class potential. I know he's had bad moments, of course. We all remember the 7-0 loss in the World Cup to, to, to Spain, obviously. But he showed spurts where he could be a world-class. Obviously, he has some pedigree in the past. And even, you know, Forrest's uh, marketing team, you see Nottingham Forest stuff everywhere for some reason. Uh, they do a great, great job with uh, with their promotion and just getting their name out there. So um, kudos to them. They are really trying. You see some teams that don't try, you know, or it doesn't seem like they try. Nottingham Forest, their whole organization gives a lot of effort, and I, can, I really respect that. The service to uh, Brennan Johnson was quality all game long. And he just couldn't convert. That's one thing about Brendan Johnson I'm, I'm a little iffy about. he He's not a world-class finisher by any means. Uh, he does get a lot of chances, so he does convert some of them. But <laughs> I think he needs to work on a lot of his um, finishing skills. Bernardo Silva from Manchester City. Absolute world-class goal from outside of the box. This was, you got to see this one. Um, incredible, incredible goal to put Manchester City up 1-0. Overall, though, City was a bit off-target all game. KDB, Gundogan, off-target many times, not even on goal. Just kind of hitting it right outside of the goal, missing the goal, you know, um, not getting it on target. And Holland barely did anything outside of one single chance that came off the post. They really contained this guy. Very impressive from Nottingham Forest. And then in the 84th minute, when Gibbs White set up Chris Wood for the equalizing goal, the players and the crowd went absolutely mad. And it was amazing, amazing to see. This is another one. If you're going to watch highlights of any game, if you didn't catch this game, this is the one that I would watch. And at the final whistle... The, the Forest home crowd was cheering like they won. Uh, you know, as they should have. I, I guess a team like City, when you were able to tie a team like City, 
and you're a team like Nottingham Forest, it kind of feels like a win. And this is a huge result for them. Coming out of this game with, with, uh, with a point, huge result. One takeaway I had peripherally from this game, and I've noticed, I'm concerned about Jack Grealish. I don't think he wears enough protection on his legs. This guy has very low boots, no ankle support, and he has low shin guards and low socks. I fear one poor challenge, one cynical challenge on this guy, and he's going to mess up his leg. It's just exposed out there. Like What he wears is like when somebody forgets everything, like when they're playing like a soccer game and they just forget all their equipment at home and they're just like trying to scrounge around who has this who has that from like their friends jack Grealish, i am concerned please wear some ankle support on your boots wear some quality coverage with your shin guards and socks anyway 1-1 this was a tremendous game bad result for city great result for forest moving on now to the final game of uh, uh, the Saturday slate, Liverpool beating Newcastle 2-0. What an interesting game this was. The first five minutes of the game, Newcastle had a quality chance every single minute of the first five minutes. It was crazy. They had tremendous pressure on Liverpool here. They had five great chances in the first five minutes. It was crazy. St. Maximin, <coughs> uh, Isak, uh, you know, Almiron, Trippier, all putting huge pressure on the Liverpool defense and Allison, But they couldn't convert. And then in the 10th minute, Liverpool changed the game with a tremendous, tremendous Trent to Darwin connection. And Darwin was so excited to put the ball through the net. He was so excited about this goal. And, you know, he's been much maligned since his arrival, admittedly by myself and others. So to see him score in this game, he was very excited. He had a lot of angst. He wanted to get out, and deservedly so. It was a very nice goal. And then seven minutes later, the amazing assist from Salah to Gakpo. And all of a sudden, 17 minutes into the game, Liverpool is up 2-0, and the momentum had completely changed in this game. <clears throat> You're talking about first five minutes, all Newcastle. And then for 12 minutes after that, it was all Liverpool. But the only difference, Liverpool scored the goals. Newcastle didn't. And then by the 22nd minute of this game, the Newcastle keeper, Nick Pope, had been sent off with a red after holding the ball halfway to midfield, way out of his box after a fantastic Allison spotting of Salah, which... He's become known for with his precision, you know, punting and Salah's, you know, signature speed. I just felt bad for for Pope. You know, instinct just kind of took over for him there. He dove and, and and held the ball almost at, you know, like I said, between halfway between his box and, and 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 midfield, and he was kicked out of the game. And you know what this introduced was one of the the bad aspects of having multiple tournaments during the season because with Pope out for the next few matches Newcastle had to consider uh, the fact that they had an FA Cup final against Manchester United uh, coming up this week 
and because of the strange rules of acquired players not being able to play if they were eliminated on other teams, their newly acquired forward, for example, Anthony Gordon, can't play. Their backup goalie, Dabravka, can't play. So they're going to be relying on their third string keeper in a final match. And, you know, with other players on yellow cards in this game and already playing with, with 10 men, they took out some of their stars way, way too early in this game, like Trippier, who was the best player on the on the pitch, not even close, um, the best player for Newcastle on the pitch. He was setting everything up, you know, all game, um, but they had to withdraw their stars to preserve them for the FA, FA Cup final, um, even when it was 2-0 at home. And that's typically either a winnable game or at the very least a tieable game. And they just conceded that because they put weight on this FA Cup final. Um, so that's one of the downsides of having these inter uh, multiple tournaments going on during the during the season. And you know what, what resulted in the happening in you know in this game is essentially after you know Newcastle kind of conceded this game in the first half Liverpool just kind of played keep away for much of this game you know the polar opposite of this the city forest game this was a game where you don't really need to watch past the 22nd minute they were just playing keep away and 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 the Liverpool defense actually almost conceded a couple times and that's that's another story. That's that's a problem for for Liverpool. They need to get their back line in order. Um, they should have parked the bus. They should have played a lot better. Yeah, Liverpool has some issues on defense that they absolutely need to address. Um, but yeah, this was a fairly boring game. Newcastle conceded very early on. Liverpool was playing keep away, and. The product, the EPL product, the, the the ones that count towards where you are in the league and the, the Premier League, really suffered because of those rules. So you know, good luck to Newcastle in the FA Cup final, but they really they gave this game away, and Liverpool just toyed with them all game. So not much to be gleaned from this one, to be honest with you. Moving on now to the uh, Bournemouth. Uh, uh, beating Wolves 1-0. I have to admit, I'm a fan of Bournemouth attackers. Solanke, Tavernier, Watara. You know, the former two contribute to the only goal of the game. I think that they're very underrated. They play very aggressively, and I like the way they, they play. I think they have a bright future. <coughs> On the Wolves' side, I'm always surprised... When Adama Traore doesn't dominate. I think this guy should be trucking through everyone. But, you know, he ends up just kind of doing like everybody else. Diving for calls. And, ironically, Wolves were on the front foot most of the game. But just couldn't capitalize. And I heard the name Sarabia over and over and over. But this team overall just really lacks uh, in their overall finishing. And you just look at their attackers and they're just nothing special on this team. I think Daniel Podence gives a ton of effort. 
he's a great player, but this team is definitely missing a piece uh, that needs to have, you know, uh, be able to finish and, and, and score goals. So kudos to Bournemouth. I think more more wins are coming to them. I think Bournemouth is trending up and Wolves, in my estimation, are, are trending down. But we'll move on to the first game of Sunday. Manchester United beating Leicester 3-0. Surprisingly, Leicester were the attacking team on the front foot for most of the first half. Marcus Rashford. Top, top form at the moment. World-class finishing. The best English striker, in my opinion, better than Harry Kane. And for what it's worth, I think he should have gotten more time in the World Cup. I think he should have been played a lot, lot more. I think they would have gotten advanced deeper into the World Cup. And you know, I thought thought England was going to win this World Cup. I predicted that before it started. And if the rotations were right, Garrett Southgate playing Rashford more, I think it could have happened. Now we move to David De Gea. The enigmatic David De Gea. Had a great game. Had a tremendous game. I mean, there was one stop in this game. Went from one side of the goal to the other and had just tremendous instincts. Gotta give it. Gotta give him full credit for that. But this guy is the ultimate feast or famine player. He'll have some some games where he can't get anything right. Goals are he's touching the ball and it's still going right past him into the goal. And some some games he will play up to his name because he has a big name. David De Gea, at one point seemed like the, the you know the best goalie in the world. But he this was his day. This was one of his good days. I think, however, over, you know, overall, if I'm the Spanish national team manager, I'm giving David Rea that job, that number one job. But on this date, full credit to David De Gea. And if he keeps this up, he'll shut me up. Bruno Fernandez, as much as I hate the acting and the theatrics he's done, he does on the pitch, his facilitation... <coughs> His facilitation and vision and passing are all world-class. This guy in FPL, if you have him on Fantrax, got 41 points in this game. Absolutely tremendous player. And Manchester United, things seem to be coming together for them. Even their you know, uh, defenders, their, those attacking defenders, Dallow, Luke Shaw, Martinez, all had quality chances on goal. And when you have that... Ladies and gentlemen, when you have that, you have a winning team. When your defenders can attack and score as well, that is a winning formula. United are playing in top form right now. Leicester, meanwhile, can't seem to to string much of anything together this year. Jamie Vardy is getting older. Iannaccio is inconsistent. Barnes is inconsistent. Madison, in my estimation, is always good, but can't do it alone. And they have an absolutely terrible defense. They've had so many mistakes and many own goals this year. Leicester, gotta get it together. I think that this is a team. I, I, this is a team 
that can absolutely fall down and be, be relegated this year. As I look at the landscape, they are absolutely one of the teams that I worry can be relegated this year. We'll move on to the last game of the day. Tottenham beating West Ham 2-0. Spurs on the front foot all game. Uh, they had many chances facilitated and, 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 and you know, taken by, by Kulisevsky. What a player. He's, he's the best player on this team. Um, Richarlison had many, you know, uh, chances. Um, Kane had some chances as well. But it wasn't until, you know, the second half where, where Spurs finally broke through with a great goal uh, from Emerson Royale. Tremendous, tremendous class. But on West Ham's uh, side of it, I thought it was a uh, poor yellow card call uh, on uh, Mikel Antonio. You know, they said that he it was a poor tackle on Kane, but his foot was on the ball the entire time. And it was an embarrassing dive by, by Kane. This was pure theater. Kane, you're much better than this. Um, Kane is another one of those players that he has an interesting he has an interesting legacy. I mean, what happened to him this past World Cup? He's he's one of those compilers. Gets a lot of stats, gets a lot of goals, but some of the things he does, I'm just not a fan of. And we'll see what his legacy ends up being. I think he's had a chance to do. A lot better, and when he does stuff like this, I mean, you know, really poor stuff. I I I, I really hate when 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 these players dive and all the theatrics and whatnot. So that was embarrassing. But you know, I have to admit, Kane to Son for that second goal. That was a great pass. Um, Son has lost his form most of the season, coming off the bench now. But good to see him score. And the Korean fans and the Korean flags were out in full force in the crowd. They showed that. Great to see. On the West Ham side, they had their fair share of chances. Uh, Suchek, Bowen, uh, uh, Ben Rahma. They had their chances. But Spurs just more clinical with their finishing. And they got it done, winning this one 2-0. So that, ladies and gentlemen is the Game Week 24 recap. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. There will be more of these recaps. We will be getting more into English football as American football now has uh, concluded for the year in terms of the games. We will be having some podcasts about other things in American football, draft, free agency, uh, uh, training camp, and whatnot. But um, really want to keep the focus on English football as we have the home stretch of uh, the the title race in EPL coming up, Champions League, Europa League possibly, all these other great tournaments that are going on. So please tune in for uh, you know uh, to that. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, give us a thumbs up, um, subscribe, leave a comment, share. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, how you doing? I know you can't see me. You're lucky to not be able to see this ugly mug. But go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. And uh, 
you know, give a good review uh, if you if you enjoy this podcast and share it as well. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on Twitter and Instagram, we're on there as well on Twitter at fballvfball and on Instagram at football underscore v underscore football. Thank you all again for listening to this podcast. This has been the Football v Football Podcast. Have a fantastic day, football fans.